Hi, I'm Peter Tragos, host of the Lawyer You Know podcast and YouTube channel. The saying goes, everyone hates lawyers until you need one. Well, I'm here when you need one to answer your questions and give you insight that you didn't know you needed. Along with my partners, Pete Sardis, the professor, who has a finance and business background, and George Tragos, my dad, and the conciliary, a criminal defense giant, we can answer any questions you have. Hi, everybody. Pete Sardis back for the lore you know, and we are talking about Sonny Balwani back in trial. We're going to cover the things that happened in court this week and some things that happened outside of the presence of the jury, which I think are more interesting, frankly, than what happened in court. But before we do that, as always, if you like the video, give me a thumbs up. If you're enjoying this series, please subscribe to our channel. And as always, if you have questions and comments, please leave them down below because that's what I use to determine what you guys find interesting in these segments. All right, let's talk about it. Looks like Edison and Walgreens were still the topic of conversation in front of the jury this week during the Balwani trial. The basic gist is this. Nimish Javiri, uh, here's a gentleman that was a Walgreens executive for like 30 years. He testified that he had direct communication with Sonny Balwani and that Sonny Balwani was instrumental in working out the deal between Walgreens and Theranos to put Edison machines inside of the Walgreens pharmacies in something that they all called a wellness center. The testimony really wasn't much different than what we heard in the Elizabeth Holmes trial. And the basic gist was that the results that were coming back on the Edison machine were not reliable. And in, at some point, Walgreens winds up throwing out like 50,000 test results, just wiping them clean. Uh, in addition, there was testimony that the test results that did come back as accurate were actually run on non-Theranos machines, commercially available blood testing machines, uh, and those results obviously weren't purported to be from Edison machines. There was actually a text message that was shown between Sonny Balwani and Elizabeth Holmes, that text message basically saying, we didn't tell them about switching. Uh, the testimony being that they didn't tell Walgreens that they had switched from Edison machines to what we now know are Siemens machines that were running in the labs at Theranos. So that was the basic gist about what happened this week. Now, that being said, um, there was a gentleman that testified last week. His name was Daniel Edlin. And Daniel Edlin actually worked for Theranos. And during his testimony, if you recall the last video, he was the one that testified that Sonny Balwani had told him when VIP tours were happening that he needed to either switch around the lab or make sure that VIPs did not see different portions of the lab. And it was really choreographed as opposed to, hey, some people are coming to see what we do here. There was a motion filed by Sonny Balwani's defense team and that motion wanted a curative instruction. Let's talk about that for a second. A curative instruction basically says that something came out during the testimony and the defense or the prosecution wants the court to admonish the jury and to advise them that something is wrong and to cure whatever defect happened. So the defense basically asked for a curative instruction and the judge granted it. And this is the order that the court uh, issued. And the court basically says, members of the jury, there were questions from the government to Mr. Edlin on Friday about whether a Theranos device was sent to Walgreens, including cartridges and reagents. I am instructing you for purposes of your ultimate decision, beginning in 2010, before the retail launch with Walgreens, Theranos sent proprietary devices and cartridges and reagents to Walgreens. It is so ordered. 
Uh, we'll put that up for you so you can take a look at it. But basically, uh, Mr. Edlin's representations being, hey, we had to move the you know, lab around, therefore they didn't really get to see what was going on. The, the defense, I think, did a nice strategic decision and asked the court to consider a curative instruction, the curative instruction obviously being uh, relevant to the discussion since in fact it is apparent that Theranos did send proprietary equipment and information to Walgreens before the whole Walgreens deal came together. All right, so what happened outside of the hearing of the jury? Well, the first major issue is we are coming to Adam Rosendorf's end of testimony. And if you recall, Adam Rosendorf was the lab director at Theranos. He was a big witness for the Elizabeth Holmes trial too. And he's the one that basically said nothing worked. It never worked. And no matter what happened, you know, we were always told just keep your mouth shut and, and keep on trucking. The defense filed a motion to allow some cross-examination of Adam Rosendorf specifically about his employment after he left Theranos. What's really interesting about this particular motion is that apparently um, Mr. Rosendorf worked for three companies after he left Theranos. Those companies were uh, Invite, that's, I'll try, Invite, Ubiome, and Perkins Elmer. Interestingly enough, he was a lab director at all three of these places. And all three of these companies had government investigations. And all three of these companies wound up having uh, false negative results um, that were reported to the government. And apparently there were issues about those labs being shut down. And there were some threats, some issues against Mr. Rosendorf's license to be able to do this. And what the defense motion basically says is that the defense wants an opportunity to cross-examine Mr. Rosendorf about those experiences after he left Theranos. Because obviously, wherever this guy goes, the world falls apart. And that is something called bias and motive. And the defense is trying to show that Mr. Rosendorf's motive for testifying in this case, the way he's testifying, is because he obviously doesn't know what he's doing in a lab. And every time he shows up, a lab collapses. Therefore, um, Sonny Balwani's lawyers want to show that to the jury. So to be able to argue in the future that it wasn't Sonny Balwani that was you know, screwing up the lab. It was Rosendorf, and Rosendorf obviously has a history of doing this, or actually it's a, not necessarily a history, but it's a subsequent pedigree of having the exact same issue in different companies. Therefore, it wasn't Theranos that was the problem. It wasn't Sonny Balwani that was telling him to do things that were wrong. This is the way he operates. It was uh, Adam Rosendorf doing things on his own accord that obviously were not right caused problems, and that's exactly what happened to him uh, in his employment in the future. We'll see as of today, uh, which is the 22nd. I have not yet seen a court order. I have seen the motions. I've also seen the government's reply. But regardless, let's see what the court rules, and we'll get back to you on that ultimate decision. Uh, uh, Mr. Rosendorf, I believe, is going to testify today, so we will see next week how that all played out, and we'll report it to you. Okay, one Interesting thing that I saw on the docket this week, which I has gathered no news. Apparently, uh, on the 18th, one of the jurors, juror number eight, had an issue. That issue involved the juror going to see the judge sidebar. Um, the judge, the next morning, right before the proceeding started again, met with juror number eight in camera, outside the hearing of the rest of the jurors, outside of the hearing of the lawyers for a portion of time. 
and the docket indicates that juror number eight was excused. Let's be clear, that's important because when you're a juror and you're sitting on a jury and the docket says excused, that means the judge has made a decision that you can no longer either be on the jury or you're allowed to leave uh, and not see the rest of proceedings. So it's my belief that we have lost a juror in the Sonny Balwani case, although I can't really get much more about it because obviously I'm not sitting in the courtroom. And number two, I'm looking based on what the docket entries say, and it's very, very um, dry. There's not a lot of details about what happened other than the judge had this meeting with the uh, with the juror behind closed doors at sidebar, technically, without the judge, uh, without these, try that again. Other than the judge had a meeting with this juror at sidebar, and that meeting partially was outside of the hearing of the lawyers for both the prosecution and the defense, ultimately excused. So we shall see if there's a new uh, series of jurors that show up for next week's proceedings. I'll keep you posted as that happens. But for now, that's what we have. As always, if you like the episode, give me a thumbs up. If you're enjoying the series, please subscribe. And as always, please leave your questions and comments below. It makes me feel good when I can answer questions and I provide you material that you are interested in. And with that, we'll see you next time. Thanks for watching this episode of The Lawyer You Know. If you like this content, please share it with your friends. Make sure you subscribe to our page and like our videos. If you want some interaction, get in the comments and we'll be sure to get back to you. If you want to know any more information about our firm or this page, you can find out in the description or visit tragoslaw.com. We post multiple times throughout the week, so make sure you hit that bell so you can get the notification and not miss out on the next episode.